passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The letter did eventually get to the stipulation, which I will read from this letter because I want to make sure that I accurately reflect Dave's feelings. Dave said, and I quote, if you would like me to appear then at WrestleMania, you will give me what I want, what I really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna. I mean, this goes on and on. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting. The A team that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rewind a Raw. I'm John Pollock, and he's back. Everyone, rejoice. Your ears are about to be given the gift of waiting. Oh, my God. Welcome back. Well, thank you, John. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Um, or um, uh, welcoming myself back. Uh, yeah. Feels welcome. We, we've all been here. We've been sitting through all this wrestling, all this MMA. Well, you've been off in Hawaii, so we're we're so glad you are now back. And what a way to uh, just jump right into things with three hours of Raw. I don't think there's any better way to ease yourself in than the deep dive into the, the far end of the pool. Um, yeah, or the ocean, I guess, coming from, from where I'm coming from. But yeah, no, earlier today, I, I when when you and I discussed like what day I would be back, I was mistaken earlier this week, John. I thought I was going to oh, no. come back Sunday. Oh no! You didn't get back till today. <laughs> I didn't get back till today. Oh my I'll tell god! Tell you the dude. worst thing though, man. Because like, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I talked to you on Friday. You were not sure what day you were coming back on Friday. I, I swear, I thought I was coming back on Sunday, but it turns out like my my flight actually wasn't until like Sunday evening. Oh, Therefore, and with the time change. Yeah, that's and the length to get home from. Did you have a stopover somewhere? I did. It was oh. going to be terrible because, like, I had my flight scheduled so that I would connect from Hawaii to San Francisco, and then I would be back here by three o'clock in the afternoon. But then, like, late Saturday night, or 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 was it? Yeah, late Saturday night. I get a message from like United, who tells me like they've switched my itinerary with no real explanation. Like my SFO flight from San Francisco was was uh, canceled, and therefore I would have had to stay in San Francisco now. For eight hours, I wouldn't wow. get back until eight p.m. Monday. Meaning, I wait. San Francisco, you could have just rented a car and you could have gone and watched Raw with Dave Meltzer. Is that where? Oh, oh. Like... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if it's not would... that far. I don't know if he would allow me. 
We we got Garrett last week, and then we can return the favor, and you could go hang out with Dave for a couple hours. I don't know if that's so much of a fair trade. Uh, by the way, John. Uh, anyway, so I I I managed to call very angrily. I called United and I said, "Do you know who I am? Do you know what I have to do on Monday? I have a very important job for the world." And I was able to change my flight instead of connecting. To, Are you serious? Yeah, instead of connecting to San Francisco, waiting for eight hours, I took an earlier flight out of, out of Hawaii, which worked out better for me anyway. Because like. We're, anyway, it all worked out better. I got here at, at, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon in Toronto, uh, connecting through Denver, and, and here I am, a couple cups of coffee later, uh, wide awake for Raw. And uh, before I continue, I, you mentioned Garrett Gonzalez. I want to give a huge thank you to everybody who uh, uh, joined us uh, for, for bonus shows, and especially to you, John, for just working, busting your ass, not just maintaining our schedule, but over delivering uh content for everybody while i was away so uh thank you everybody and and especially to you john oh well it was my pleasure it was a lot of fun to chat with uh so many people and i I was just glad you got to have a bit of a break and and i I would love the next time i see your girlfriend to ask her what was your reaction when way said we've got to cut our time in hawaii short because i've got to get home in time for raw oh that was not that was not the case at all like that wasn't a problem not at all no no we actually like had to wait less time in the airport it all worked out in the end that's right you you wouldn't have been enjoying this time this would have been just time in an airport doing nothing exactly so yeah you cut you you got rid of uh non-valuable time so that that makes me feel better because I, I asked you friday knowing that i didn't know when you were coming in that you know, are you sure you'll be okay Monday night for Raw? But here you are, a true pro, making it all the way back. Honestly, it's nothing. Totally fine. What, what, to- what time did you arrive home? Like, like into your actual home, not at the airport? Maybe something like 4, 5, you know, sometime between 4 and 5. Um, PM? Yep. Yep. Got, wow. I got a good, like, you know, 30-minute nap in there. Had some dinner. Good to go. All right. Although, well, although, I, hope- I, although I will say, like, that Baron Corbin, Apollo Crews match i was really testing my limits man had he brought out the uh the half nelson uh chin lock you might have been out well i'm 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 hoping the paranoid side of me uh i'm taking way on a super secret shoot on tuesday morning so i hope this all doesn't just kill you at the end of this and then um you just are in a coma when i come to your house tomorrow morning i'm looking forward to it i mean yes who could it be You'll find out if everything goes according to plan. The interview will be up on the site tomorrow night. But I don't want to say I, I don't ever like stating interviews until they're done because too much can go wrong. And then you just look like an idiot if you uh, cannot deliver. So hopefully we will have an interview up on uh, Tuesday night. I'm just going to quickly go through the schedule. And then we have a number of contest winners to announce as well as our weekly draw. And how shocked were you eh, that I remembered the draw last week? Um, that was the t- that was the top of my notes. That was the most important thing last week. Don't forget the draw. I was fully prepared to like you know not do a double giveaway this week, but no, you came through on on all that stuff. Garrett came through last week because if it wasn't for him, there probably wouldn't have been a show last week. That was a longer story. I've That's, told way off air that yeah. no one else will care about. But um, so this week, way is back, and man, we have a lot of shows coming up on Tuesday. As we mentioned, there is the secret interview that we are working on that hopefully will be up on Tuesday night along with Rewind to SmackDown. Now we are moving the double shot for this week only to Wednesday night because in Canada 
The new Kenny Omega documentary, Omega Man, A Wrestling Love Story, is going to be airing on TSN. And Way and I are actually going to a private screening of it. I've actually seen the documentary already, so I'm going to watch it a second time. Uh, but we will be up doing a show Wednesday night, and uh, I think that can cover the whole double shot. I don't want to put pressure on you, Way, that you have to deliver any more than that. I mean, I I, I look forward to talking a li- at least a little bit about the season finale of Total Divas or Total Bellas as well. Okay, well, if you if you saw it, great. But uh, I watched no it at the airport actually in, in uh, oh in Denver. man, you're ahead of things. On Thursday, we're going to have the return of the Cafe Hangout. We're going to be live at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Myself and Way, and late breaking news, we're going to be joined by Nate Milton uh, live on the show. So that should be a lot of fun, uh, which you can sign up for. If you're a Double Double Ice Cap or Espresso member, you can tune in live. If not, you can catch that show on Friday. Up next with uh, Braden and Davey. Now, they're going to be doing their regular show on Thursday, but they're also doing a live watch-along this week, Way. Yeah, it's a big week for the BDE because, yes, they are going to have a live watch-along of NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 1. So they're probably doing this in in a series where you can tune in live and watch the show along with them in preparation, of course, for the latest iteration of TakeOver New York this time. Uh, And that will be Wednesday at 6.30 Eastern on their own YouTube channel, which I think we will announce uh, tomorrow because I believe they are still waiting to... Just make sure that everything works out. But uh, be on the lookout for uh, on their social media, on uh, Braden Harrington and Davey Portman's um, for their YouTube channel. In addition to that, very exciting time for those two because they just launched their very first and very own Pro Wrestling Tea store. It's post or ProWrestlingTees.com slash up next. ProWrestlingTees.com slash up next where you can get a number of their awesome, awesome, awesome designs. I believe they have like six shirts up there right now. So uh, they're all $19.99 each, so just go and check them out. And then the week is going to round out on Friday. I'm going to have a show up with uh, Mike Bond of MMA Junkie, chatting the latest in uh, mixed martial arts news. And it's the return of Rewind Away. And this week, our espresso executive producer is Jay from OSW. And he has chosen two wrestling-themed episodes of The Simpsons. A very easy week to ease back into, Way, when it comes to what you've got to watch. I look forward to it. Jay, I think, uh, always comes up with like really interesting choices, and and I, I look forward to his last one was Smack 'em Whack 'em. Yeah, yeah, which was a classic. so that is coming up this week. I have never seen these episodes. Yeah, you're not much of a Simpsons guy, are you? No. So I'll I'll watch this. I've and, seen uh, one of them. I think one of them everybody has seen. Like it's I've probably seen bits and pieces of the Bret Hart one. I've definitely seen uh you know scenes from it, but I don't think I've watched the actual episodes start to finish. Yeah, that one I believe like everybody saw. There was a time where like I feel like everybody watched The Simpsons and everybody was talking about what you saw on Sunday on The Simpsons, but like I don't know, as as long as I've been an adult, I I don't feel like we've had that. I'll so. explain why I never could watch The Simpsons as a kid on Friday show. Okay. Uh, so those two episodes we will um, discuss. Do you do you have on on hand which two episodes? No, I do. I okay. do. Okay, I do. Okay, so it is the uh, first of all the season eight episode twenty one of uh, of the Simpsons, the old man and Lisa. That's the one featuring Brett the Hitman Hart, where he buys uh, Mister Burns Mansion, and then the later the the second one is season twenty four. So we're jumping ahead about uh, uh, eighteen year or sixteen years. <laughs> And uh, season... which is what a, a couple weeks in in Springfield, pretty much, yeah. Season twenty four, episode fourteen, gorgeous grandpa. We'll be reviewing that one as well. That has a lot of wrestling tie in, apparently. 
All right. And then final show of the week is Saturday. W.H. Park back for his monthly chat. Although there's been a lot of W.H. Park of late. He's he's uh, reviewing the raid with uh, with with Davey and Braden, which I'm not going to lie. Wait, the, uh, yes, there, there was a lot of stuff last week. That graphic I put together for the up next movie review without asking for your help <laughs> was my crowning achievement. I know it wasn't perfect, but the fact that I was able to manipulate those two images just to the that exact way i stared at that thing way i stared at it and i that was my that was my proudest moment of the week that was that thing's a work of art man you should be so proud of yourself i was saved i'm gonna save that photo listen i knew i I was expecting not to have a a a snapback winner this week so i was like okay whatever then you came through and then for sure, when they announced their movie review, I was like, John's just probably going to like Google image search some random thing. But then I go on the website and here you are like you, you're just you're doing everything. You're killing it. As soon as I was listening to their podcast and they said movie review, my first words were, oh, shit, because I immediately thought uh, that's on me. And then I said, wait a minute. I, I really was judicious about how many times I messaged Wade during the week. I think I, it was very low. I don't think I, I bugged you too much. You could bug um, me more. I, I wouldn't mind mind at all. It was it was my own challenge not to uh, ask you for for help on, especially on Photoshop. I really tried. I still can't change uh, the the text. You still have to reteach me that for like a third time. But nonetheless, that graphic, boom. That's my that's my year right there. Great job, excellent job. All right, uh, we did our New Japan Cup uh, contest, uh, and we have our winners. Uh, did you follow any of the New Japan Cup while you were away? Yeah. It's, it's, man, when you left, man, how many people were alive? And it's over now. I believe I left sometime during the second round. And uh, I caught up with a lot of the matches. I obviously, obviously, I didn't have time to watch everything. But a lot of the more notable matches I watch actually on my flight back. So um, I, I, I am caught. Yeah. Yeah, I'm caught up. And I did terrible in, in my brackets. I ended up not even placing on the first, like, top half. I, like, I'm on the second page. I ended up in second place after one round, and I didn't even know I had entered this thing. Yeah, apparently. Do you but know, uh, do you I'm know sure how... I did terrible by the end. I, I don't. I have no clue how I did. Oh. But who are our winners? So we have, um, we have actually five winners, meaning in third place a tie. Oh, first one goes to two rainmakers. These these names are terrible because we'll re- we'll redo this next year. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Should I give out these emails? No, don't give out yeah, emails. Okay, so the, the per- we're, we're, we'll be contacting you. If you, I bet you most people listening to this don't even know what their username was, so they are going to get a surprise email that they won. The problem is like when you enter your your name in the field, it doesn't say like name. Instead, it sa- it says title. So people just like either didn't write anything or they wrote some random thing <laughs> like two rainmakers. I guess that's how he felt Okada was going to win. Anyway, that is how he won in the final. <laughs> well, he came in third place, and he, uh, along with also coming in third place with with that guy, he's winning at MSG. So, congr- <laughs> congratulations to the two of you for coming in third. Uh, you guys win post wrestling t shirts, which uh, we will uh, contact you for your address and shirt size, and we'll send you second place. John, this guy I think did properly name his title uh, King Nothing, coming in. With 47 points, 25 out of 31 picks correct. That's wow, amazing. That's very impressive. Uh, tied with him for second place is the Rainmaker is back, baby. 
And uh, also at 47 points, 25 out of 31 picks correct, you guys will win a post-wrestling combo pack consisting of a t-shirt, stickers, and a signed postcard. But we have one and one king of them all. The actual winner, your stacks with 49 points. I can give at least his first name. His name is Matthew. So congratulations to you, your stacks. Uh, 28 out of 31 picks correct. That, for this tournament, is incredible. Isn't this Matthew Duggan? Yes, it is. Yes. Oh, okay. So you can you can say his actual name? Well, yeah. I, I said don't say his email address. Got it. Got but, it yeah. but his name, sure. So congratulations. Not only do you win a post-wrestling combo pack consisting of a t-shirt, stickers, and signed postcard, which for everybody... Uh, Watch, listening to this, our $24.99 right now on our uh, post-wrestling store. Uh, you also win a snapback hat, so you win everything. Um, Matthew, congratulations. We'll be in contact with all of you guys. Thank you to everybody for entering, and a huge thank you for Chris Angler for uh, organizing all of it. Yeah, fantastic job uh, to all of you that entered, and of course, Chris Angler. The draw. Now we are going to go through all of the patrons that are part of postwrestlingcafe.com where you can sign up every week we go through this draw and we never ever miss a week no matter what no matter who is absent so way are you ready for us to choose a name ready i'm spinning the ball all right keep spinning it's probably gathered up some dust over the past week we're spinning we're spinning we're going in uh three to the left one up three down and the one year that one Ben Habitat. No way. Ben Habitat. His name is Ben Habitat. If that's his real name. I'm sure it's his real name. Congratulations, Ben Habitat. You win. Uh, um, you can either you either win a hat or if you want, uh, we can send you a combo pack instead. So uh, Ben Habitat, get in contact with me and uh, I will hook you up. I'm going to have a busy day at the actual post office this week, I feel. Wow. Well, busy that's week. exciting. Yeah. All right, let's chat about a bit of news that is going on. Uh, oh, let's let's promote the live show before I forget. Sunday, April the 7th, tickets still remaining. Uh, I think we have a pretty healthy amount, but there are tickets remaining. If you want to check us out on Sunday, April the 7th at the Broadway Comedy Club, postwrestling.com slash live. That is where you can get all the ticket information, uh, meet and greet before and after the show. And we're doing a Q&A from noon till 1.30 p.m. We will guarantee you get to ask a question. and meet up before or after on the day of WrestleMania. How be- How much better could your WrestleMania Sunday be than to prepare for 15-plus matches at WrestleMania by hanging out with John and Way? Sounds like a perfect day. Sounds like a wonderful day. Uh, so that is coming up, WrestleMania weekend. But WWE has announced that the women's title match, the Raw women's title match, let's not get confused. Asuka is not headlining WrestleMania, but Ronda Rousey is with Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch, and they uh, made the decision to announce this on Monday. I thought very smartly to do so and get all the promotion ahead of time for this match rather than just tuning into the show, not aware that it's going to be going on last. And the women are going to be on ESPN on Tuesday morning. And yeah, this got covered pretty significantly uh, on Monday way. Certainly, it would have been one of the things I was looking forward to finding out on the show itself to see whether or not this would main event. I think often, you know, watching WrestleMania, we we wonder ever since, you know, the brand split with with two championship belts, we wonder which one will headline. 
And certainly I would say this year that that type of drama has, has been more of a hook than ever. But I agree with you. I think doing this, considering all the mainstream uh, uh, attraction that they received as a result of this news, was definitely the smart thing to do. Um, I feel like, you know, something like this happening is as much of a hook as the actual match itself. The fact that women, for the first time, are headlining a WWE WrestleMania, the biggest wrestling show uh, in, in, in the world. Uh, I think that's that's a major thing that you, deserves promotion ahead of time. So I'm completely in agreement. It was the right thing to do. Yeah, and I, you know, this is not an example where I would say that they're just going for this for the publicity of it. Like, this is the hottest program going into WrestleMania. This is deserving of that slot to go on last. Um, and it puts them in, I think... Um, like by by no means do I think it's going to be uh, a reaction like last year, but it's a real task to be able to go in that and you're following potentially fifteen or sixteen matches. Like that's a long, long day, and they're in a they're in a spot where they're going to have to follow all of that. But I feel that it's going to because of the historic nature of it. Like this is going to be uh, an audience that will not allow that match to to fail from a crowd participation perspective. I agree. I think so too. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think like what circumstances might, you know, hinder a, a big reaction for this. And I'm having a tough time feeling that. I, I would that just way. say burnout would, would be the only factor mm -hmm. that could throw that in there. Like what they're following, the length of what they're following. Um, but I, I really don't feel that's going to be the case, even if there, there will be matches that suffer on this card from that burnout factor. But I feel they'll be up for the main event because it is such a big match and, I think the finish will be one of the biggest pops on the show, maybe the biggest. Yes. So they also announced that uh, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart going into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, interesting that Jimmy uh, Jimmy Hart was not part of the inclusion for the Hart Foundation, and uh, both going in. And I'm sure Bret Hart's going to have a really great speech uh, for for the Hall of Fame. I was surprised by, by the lack of Jimmy Hart, um, I guess, uh, association as well. Um, I'm sure, you know, maybe he'll get brought up, uh, like, by name. But, yeah, Brett will probably do the... Do you think uh, Natalia will accept, or do you see her doing the induction? I could see her doing the induction, and then Brett doing the speech. Um, I mean, you could do it with Brett and Natalia together, and, and someone else does the... Uh, does the the speech ahead of time? I think somebody should be speaking on behalf of Jim to accept. And I mean, Natalia seems to make the most sense. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm certain Natalia will have a a big role um, in that speech. Um, yeah, and will be also interesting. You know, Bret Hart can talk. Yeah, we'll see <laughs> what kind of length uh, he has. But um, yeah, I, I think that's one of the more interesting speeches for the the Hall of Fame uh, with Bret Hart. Uh, being involved, and you know, it is it is unfortunate that it happens this year after he had passed away. Because this one thing that's very clear is that wh whatever you think of the WWE Hall of Fame, to a lot of these guys, uh, especially ones over the last few years who were dealing with with health issues and are no longer around, it does mean a lot to to these guys of to course. have that that one night, to have that bit of a spotlight for one night. And that was the case for Jim Neidhart. That was the case for China. That was the case for Vader. That was the case for King Kong Bundy. Like you all, you heard from all of these people near the end that going into the WWE Hall of Fame meant something to them. 
Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I think simply getting that attention and that spotlight on, a, on such a grand stage for one last time, no matter how you feel about the legitimacy of, of a Hall of Fame like this, just the, the ability to get up there and talk about your career and, and to have people applaud you for, you know, what you've done um, when you're younger, I think that that means a lot to anybody. Uh, what else do we have today? Uh, All Elite Wrestling announced that they're going to be doing the card with CEO on June 29th at Daytona Beach. So it won't be New Japan involved with CEO. AEW sliding into that slot. Not surprising, uh, given uh, Kenny Omega's involvement. But not only are they doing this show, but they have announced that it will be Michael Nakazawa versus Alex Jabaley in a <laughs> hardcore match. God, that's amazing. Well, And they are now... They are now uh, I, I assume they're selling those Michael Nakasawa shirts that I imagine are going to be very hot sellers. I yeah, I suppose so, man. But um, last year, from what I got, uh, remember, I think that Michael, that Jabali dude, the guy who's uh, who runs CEO, he was supposed to have a match, but then he a- injured his ankle, he broke his ankle or something. Yeah. yeah. So it, they ended up doing like some semblance of of like a match where he was like jumping around and tried to do as much as he could. But I guess this year he wanted to. Double go double or nothing on on this match and and what is it, what is it last man standing? It's well, a hardcore match. Hardcore match. Yeah, where, right. where Matt Matt asked him how far he's willing to go and if he's willing to kill Michael Nakasawa. <laughs> they, I think, the marketing of Michael Nakasawa has been among their best work this year of getting this relative nobody over to this audience that he. Just by repetition of his name, the shirt that is going to sell, like they have gotten this guy over in the most amazing way. I completely agree. Yeah, I think it's it's something that only works like if it's. I mean, it has to come up organically. You know, you can't take a guy like Michael Nakazawa and and sit with a group of writers and think, how are we going to push this guy? No one's going to really kind of think think of an idea like this. I think it's just the idea. Like it has to come up organically. Like, oh, this Michael Nakazawa is signing now. How ridiculous! Like, let's well, let's run with it. Let's run with how ridiculous this might sound to to the average person in public, and that they have. Uh, we'll chat more about being the elite later this week. Uh, and then we had the the full card announcement for the G One Super Card uh, that is going down Saturday night, the night before WrestleMania, and. Some additions that they have made. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is going to defend the British heavyweight title against Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, stemming from the first round uh, result from the New Japan Cup. Tetsuya Naito will be defending the Intercontinental title against Kota Ibushi. They've also made the tag title match into a four-way with the addition of... I don't have it in front of me here. Evil and Sonata? Evil and Sonata is one of them. And then the other team... Villain Enterprises and G.O.D. And the Briscoes. The Briscoes. The Briscoes were added to it as well. Uh, plus uh, a rematch with Mayu Iwatani and Kelly Klein. And they've announced Jushin Liger being added to the Honor Rumble. Um, they've so, also teased some involvement with uh, Stardom. Yeah, they're supposed to be doing a tag match, but that's going to be on the pre-show. I see. Um, I, I don't even know if it's going to be even able to watch if you're not there live at Madison Square Garden. But yeah, that's supposed to be on the pre-show. And they're also teasing... Uh, because we have the the ne- uh, the never open weight title match, uh, it's going to be the never open weight title versus the television title with Jeff Cobb and Will Ospreay. And Taichi is teasing that he's going to show up during this match. Oh, that's the main event. 
I because think. he's got a uh, a future match booked with uh, Will Ospreay for wrestling Dontaku after he beat him on Sunday. So I think you might get to see Taichi potentially at Madison Square Garden. Imagine that Taichi at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Who yeah. would have thought? Imagine him like coming out with uh, with that lip syncing entrance. I mean, oh, him and Elias on the streets of New York together. Forget Springsteen. Come yeah. on. Um, what do you think of the card overall? Now that, now that you, I, I think it's a really strong card. I like. I'm looking forward to Jay White and Okada a lot. I, I like that main event and the fact I wasn't necessarily expecting that you'd get both Tanahashi and Saber and Abushi and Naito. I didn't think both would be put on the Garden card. So I would say with those three, those three matches alone, I, I'm pretty sold on this with those three. Like that's that's going to be a great show. Yeah. I would say, like, I mean, atmosphere alone, considering, you know, again, like, historical significance of a show, adding so much to it, it being a, a show in the garden, but seeing these quality kind of matchups taking place underneath it, I know a lot of them are rematches from the New Japan Cup, but, I mean, I'd, I'm still hyped to see them, you know, now that they're for the championships. Uh, I I think, you know, it seems like New Japan, they're, when they, whenever they do shows in the U.S., it seems like they... Um, they don't mind going to like rematches too much because they kind of consider it like fresh since it's in front of a different audience. Um, and I personally don't really mind it. Like I'm like, yeah, I saw this on TV, but now I get to see it in person and in MSG. So uh, I think it's a really solid card. Now, what do you think of like, you know, uh, do you, obviously this this card is it has always kind of been built more uh, with New Japan. And the G1 branding and whatnot. Do you think that there's enough representation for Ring of Honor here? Uh, this is more so a New Japan card, I would say. Now that we have the final card in front of us, um, you know, it's you know, the big ROH matches are Jay Lethal, Marty Skrull, and Matt Taven in a ladder match for the ROH title. That I, I, I still think that that match is going to be a contrast to the other big matches that are on the card. I think they'll do very well in that slot and having the ladder gimmick attached to it. Um, but beyond that, it's like the big spots are reserved. I guess Brody King and PCO being represented in the uh, the tag title match. Briscoes. Jeff Cobb. I mean, yeah. Bandito, Bully Ray, you know. That, I mean, that Bandi- Bandito, Dragon Lee, and Taiji Ishimori, that should be fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dalton Castle and Roosh, um, I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll surprise me. I'm, I'm not going in with heightened expectations for that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have Bully Ray's open challenge for the street fight and the Honor Rumble, which... Maybe if I'm going to quibble, I think that Jushin Liger, this is his first time and last time at Madison Square Garden. I think I'd rather see him in something more prominent, but he should win the Honor Rumble. I don't care who else is in this thing. He should win that Rumble. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, depending on who who the surprises are. All right. Uh, And uh, before we uh, wrap things up, well, I guess Nikki Bella's retirement, we can talk about, uh, more about on the double shot. But, man, back-to-back retirements, Way you, you leave for one week, and you come back, the Bellas are done. They're like, yeah, Way's no longer reviewing our shows. I think it's time to call it a career. But, but, did you hear about this? They are launching their own podcast this week. I did not hear. Wow. Great. Didn't read, didn't read my update today. I won't take that personally. Sorry, but yes, Wednesday, busy. they are launching their own podcast, and this will give you something to review every single week. The no. Bellas podcast where they encourage you to drink some wine and listen to them talk about uh, the topics they included was uh, who Nikki is dating and who she is not dating. Um, that might be my limit. 
I would say. You know, I have I, I have a real uh, a love, you know, maybe a guilty pleasure love of, of Total Divas and Total Bellas, but I don't know if uh, just listening to them. Um, I listened to the two-minute teaser, and I I got to the end of it, and I, I don't know if I will be listening to this podcast, but maybe maybe they're going to really dive into some interesting issues. Well, I, I mean, I want them to review Raw. Like, I want them to do this show. I want them to take our jobs, basically. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. They can, uh, maybe they should review the, uh, the ROH, uh, the Japan card at the Garden. I, they should go to WrestleMania weekend, go to spring break, and they can review WrestleMania weekend from a different perspective now as non-WWE wrestlers. That'd be great. Well, what we do is, I'm now thinking of you and I doing our own to- total... Total postmarks. We could do their job. They can do ours. We'll we'll switch. Um. Sure. Yeah. Do you know? Have you ever done goat yoga? Uh, never a bad time to start. I would assume. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's get into raw. We're much better at this. Uh, from Boston on Monday night at the TD Garden. Michael Cole started by calling it a historic day in WWE because the women will headline WrestleMania, and Renee said. The world was lit on fire with the announcement. On fire. Mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey comes out, and the crowd is immediately chanting for Becky. They want Becky. And we had this discussion on Ask Away. As of Monday afternoon, if you went to the WWE site uh, advertising their live events, and if you went to the local arena site in Allentown, Pennsylvania, the site of tonight's SmackDown live event, you were going to a show that was advertising not just Samoa Joe, but Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. Oh, man. So, unfortunately, you did not get uh, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So what did they get? Um, well, they didn't get it, but the guys backstage got to meet Kerry Silken because he posted a photo hanging out with Cesaro and Brian Danielson and Adam Pierce. I think that's a worthy replacement myself can can you imagine uh greg hamilton says uh charlotte flair and becky lynch got pulled because they're at raw because that's tv but everybody <laughs> welcome carrie silken oh man so cole goes on <laughs> uh ronda goes on to say that the women will be the main event for the first time And she says, you're all welcome. And she puts the microphone down, but then comes back and says, I've got something extra to say. I'm going to tap them both out together. And then drops the mic a second time. And at first I thought she legitimately forgot her like final line of the promo. But then she went back a third time. So this was clearly part of the, the promo. So she picks it up again and calls the beat the clock challenge that she scheduled for Another one of your gimmick challenges. Let's get this farce over with. And I've always believed that heels are supposed to lie. And what I was about to watch, uh, I don't think she lied here. This this was a farce. This beat the clock challenge. And I have lots to rant about it. But uh, mm. yeah, uh, Ronda Rousey just cutting another Ronda Rousey heel promo here at the beginning. See, I feel like it would have been just as effective if she just did the you're welcome line and then dropped the mic and then didn't come back for the repeated ones. Um that would have been great if she got in after Cole had been hammering it and she just said, you're all welcome and didn't even give context to yeah. what she was saying, but everyone would know what it means. Yeah. 
So out comes Becky, Allentown's favorite on Monday, and cuts a promo calling Ronda a weirdo. And Ronda came in with a big money contract. She was given every opportunity, and no one cared until the man came around. She makes Ronda better, and WrestleMania ends with her title above her head and Ronda's skull beneath her foot. Mm. This is a de- this is definitely taking things to a, a heightened stipulation now. A beheading being a promised. Skull underfoot stipulation. Yeah. Um. You know the skull end. Maybe that's what she's going to win with. Yes. I would say, like, coming off of that announcement uh, earlier this afternoon, to me, it feels like interest in this program has renewed. Like, I, I caught up with the shows last week, and I, I saw a bit of that, like, Kevin Owens thing, and hearing your, your you and Brian talk about it, I, I, I didn't really get the sense that it was met with that much enthusiasm. Uh, but, like, here on this episode of Raw, coming off of that major, his, you know, announcement that they're portraying as history being made, it feels like, at least on this episode, Becky once again feels like their biggest star. I I thought that I I feel like they went through several weeks where it was like the suspension stuff and mm-hmm. getting Becky into the match. I think it lost a little bit, but I never doubted that we would be back to this once WrestleMania was in the the in the immediate future. And I think that announcement today kind of lifted it past some of the booking over the past few weeks that at its core, I think people are pretty amped up for this match. Like this still has felt like the number one program going into WrestleMania. And I think Monday night, it was kind of um, a renewed sense of that. Yeah. Where we're kind of through all the the past stuff. And now it's just, it's the three way it's happening in a week, two weeks, no more crutches. It's, you know, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The elimination of the crutch was notable here. Uh, So Charlotte is the last one out and said they're the main event because what she has been doing for the last seven years, the second she put her signature on that developmental deal, this was in the works. And seven years later, here we are. Sounds like, you know how they like to exaggerate numbers. So we had a beat the clock challenge. Why? I don't know. I don't know what this was. Um, So the women were each going to get a member of the riot squad. And it started with Ronda Rousey and Sarah Logan. And Logan immediately runs away from her onto the ground. Rousey just steamrolls through Ruby and Liv Morgan on the floor. She comes in. She's caught with an inverted cloverleaf by Logan and then uh, walks up the ropes into an arm bar in the ropes and then hits this leaping elbow into the cross arm breaker and, and submits her in a minute 25. So a minute 25 is the time to beat. What does that represent? I don't know. What do you mean? I don't know what the motivation is to, like, what's in this for the Riot Squad? And what's in this for Charlotte or Becky? Like, gives a shit. Okay. You submitted Sarah Logan in a minute 25. Is this just bragging rights? Yeah, momentum. The most valuable. The big mo. The the most valuable commodity in, in, uh, in, in the WWE universe. Like, couldn't they come up with something clever? Like, whoever gets the fastest submission gets, um, uh, they get like um a percentage of the WrestleMania Day signups on the network. Like they get more uh percentage of the back end. They get a traditional pay per view payoff, whereas the others get a lower percentage. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yet the winner gets the winner gets a live musical entrance. Oh, I'm sure yeah. they're all gonna get that. Okay, but I mean. I know what you're saying, John. Like maybe an added stipulation to all of these random raw matches might kind of 
you know, give it a bit more logic. But in the end, they're just looking for ways to showcase these three right ahead of, of the main event on TV. I just it, the beat the clock challenge. Like it's always it's used for something. Like it's the winner gets something. Not and always. I, not always. But okay, sure, sure. What Charlotte and though? What what kind of advantage can you give for a match like this? I mean, I just thought this was just a. You know, you have Corey Graves talking about how important this is. Like, how important is this? Right. It's uh, Charlotte Flair and Ruby Riot was next. Uh, they went the full minute 25. Charlotte couldn't submit her in time. She hit a natural selection. And then Riot, uh, the Riot kick got countered into the figure four. And it's like seconds to go. And I was hoping Ruby wasn't going to just tap here because it would have looked very, very forced. Like where she taps within a second left uh, to go. But just reached the time limit. So Charlotte failed. No yeah. momentum for Charlotte going into WrestleMania. No, none. Ruby, the only one protected here. Uh, that's right. Yes. Becky and Liv Morgan was the last match. And what happened here was the disarmor got stopped by Liv Morgan. So Becky used a jackknife cover and pinned her in a minute 18. And Corey Graves is explaining that, well, at WrestleMania, it isn't a beat the clock challenge. Correct. It is not. But we proved something over the last five minutes here. We got quick matches out of all three women. I mean, that's really all it was, right? Listen, like, I, I know what you're saying, but I, to me, I'm looking at this like, okay, we just made this big announcement for the mainstream press this afternoon. A lot of these people maybe tuning in for the first time, not knowing who uh, Charlotte Flair or Becky Lynch are, but they might have heard about this Ronda Rousey from, from her UFC days. So they decided to tune in at 8 o'clock on Raw. And then in to me, in this like 10, 15 minute segment, you got a good introduction to everybody. You got to see Rhonda and then you got to see Charlotte and you got to see Becky Lynch. And you were they established that Becky Lynch was obviously the hero, the lead star and all this. And I feel like in 15 minutes, they managed to do all that. Uh, then we had uh, we also we can mention this now next week on the show. Rhonda, Becky and Charlotte will team up against the Riot Squad. I know, I hate that. I hate it when... But I mean, to me, again, this is another one of those, like, we got way too much TV time to fill before we get to the match. What's Bingo. something we could do? Bingo. Nice. That, that, to me, was this. This yeah. beat the clock segment. It was, well, we need to do something with them. Uh, we'll come up with this. Um, mm -hmm. Yep. What, what would have happened if one of the Riot Squad beat one of these women? What would have happened? I mean, they lose the beat the clock challenge. And they oh. lose a whole lot of momentum. That's true. Uh, Rhonda is screaming from the top of the ramp at Becky at the end of this. The last time you were crawled up in the fetal position. I don't know if I've ever heard someone scream fetal position uh, with such force as Rhonda did here at the top of the ramp. Uh, and this was all we got of the women. Uh, they started the show and it was about 20 minutes and that was it. I guess they had to get off to, uh, uh, well, they were in Boston. It's not too, too far to where ESPN is for their appearance Tuesday morning. Well, that's, that's a sleep. That's true. They do have to sleep. Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush came out. They were going to take on Finn Balor. And if Finn Balor could win, he would get an intercontinental title match against Lashley at WrestleMania. And Rush cut a promo that Balor's road to WrestleMania goes through them and said, you're a piece of garbage, just like Rob Gronkowski, who announced his retirement on the weekend. And Rush is not medically cleared to compete tonight due to Braun Strowman attacking him, so Lashley 
is going to team with Jinder Mahal. And Balor must have just had the biggest smile on his face. He's like, I'm going to WrestleMania. He's way easier than Leo Rush. Yeah. I mean, man, Rush is fast. I have to chase after him. I beat Mahal all the time. Mm -hmm. Michael Cole says, how do you beat a team consisting of Bobby Lashley and Jinder Mahal? Graves says, you don't. You don't. There's no option. You just lose. Mahal knocked Lashley off the apron by mistake. And there was a double foot stomp onto Lashley. The Sings tripped up Balor, but he recovered. He hit a Topecon hero to all four men on the floor. And then they coup de grace onto Jinder Mahal. And somehow he beat the team you don't beat. In 546, Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley. Added to the list. WrestleMania has grown by one more match. Yeah, yeah. I would say nothing... Well, first of all, the match, I, I feel like, you know, this definitely benefited from being a part of the first hour. The crowd was really hot, and I thought, like, Balor's... They, they were, for, for the end of this, they were very hot for yeah. the end of this with Balor. Balor's yeah. big comeback uh, against not just, uh, of course, Lashley and Jinder, but uh, also uh, on the Sings and also Leo Rush made him look very strong, and the crowd reacted very strongly for him. Um, but, you know, the match itself, to me, I don't think it means anything unless you have the demon appear. Uh, and that's what I took this as. Like, why would you, is this match really that important? We just saw it. What's going going to be different about it uh, that makes it deserving of a slot at WrestleMania? I think it has to be the Demon. I think you're right, but I also feel it's such a like they they have been so um, it, it's been so rare that they use that Demon that I think this is like this could be on the pre-show. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would be unfortunate, but um. Like, many- this just feels like such a trivial match in the in a ma- in a card so big um, that I I mean you could do the demon it makes this match at least have something because that's the only uh, defining characteristic I can imagine coming out of this match is Balor as the demon winning the title back. Well, I just look at like how many opportunities do you think Finn Balor may ha- even have to do a demon entrance at WrestleMania in the future? We don't sure. know if if he'll get injured again at some point. Like, he's been around for years now, and he still hasn't done it at a WrestleMania. Just just do it. Just give me, like, the moment. The Vince McMahon moment. That's what this match feels like. It's all for the entrance. So yeah, I, I would lean squash towards match, that. Like, you know, two minutes. Done. Yeah. Th- this show does need that. And I would actually argue, put that on later when you do want a quick match to just get through it. Um, I, I don't need to see these guys for 13 minutes. Uh, Lashley then attacked the Sings and Jinder Mahal after the match, and that was that. Elias had a series of vignettes that they taped in New York City, starting in Times Square, and he's playing in the rain, and another guy comes up and starts playing a guitar, and Elias calls him a typical New Yorker and tells him to go sell out the subway. Elias, I thought, was great in these. I thought these were okay. (laughs) Oh wow! I didn't love you this. and I just did, did not uh, agree on much on well, this show. I guess that's I'm why guessing. we're here. that's why we're here. That's I'm here for the Elias show. segments. You're there for beat the clock. <laughs> the revival versus Ricochet and Alistair Black, uh, non-title match. The revival go to the floor and they ran away from Alistair Black as he did his fake out, jumping off the ropes into his uh, into his pose, and then they ran to the side of the ring where Ricochet was. And Ricochet then kicked off the turnbuckle, and he just barely caught Dash Wilder coming down. 
Mm-hmm. And they go to break. They come back. Dawson's wearing down Ricochet. Uh, Ricochet makes the tag to Black, who just goes insane here. Quebrada onto both. Hits this spinning elbow and knee strike to Dawson. Like, just the great striking technique. And then Dawson faints and catches him with a DDT. Ricochet makes the save. And then Wilder tags in. And Dawson and Wilder take a double Black Mass. Uh, followed by a 630 onto Wilder. This finish was awesome. And they pin... Wilder in 858. Black looked really impressive here. Uh, I thought a really good TV match, and I felt like compared to previous weeks, it felt like this match was more designed to showcase Aleister Black instead of Ricochet. I really love the contrast of the styles between these two teams with, you know, with with the baby faces being as flashy as they are. And then the revival is just like very straightforward, more plain, but still awesome offense. So I'm still not sick of these four mixing it up. However, I mean, this is the second time that they've beaten the tag team champions. Can we get an announcement of, of this title match already? You know, like how many more times do they have to beat your champions in order to get a match it, or even make mention of it? It's not even like they're campaigning for it. I, I can't imagine yet another match added to this show um, with with this. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's another time they've beaten the champions. Uh, it would seem it would seem very underwhelming for these four to end up into the Andre battle royal. Mm hmm. Um, what would do? Do you see them getting a title match at well, Mania? With the amount of TV time they're giving to Black and Ricochet, like I feel like they have to have something at Mania, don't you? I would think so. They've been pretty prominent. I I don't think that just because they have a a big spot at Takeover means that they have to be um off Mania. I think that that that's immaterial. I think that they should be featured in in something. I just I look at this card. I was just like, mm-hmm. I it's. It's unfortunate. It's a numbers game. It's this card does not need more matches. Um, but maybe maybe we'll be proven to be wrong. I was, uh, you know, if you're taking this amount of time on on a show to kind of focus on this, the champions losing yet again, it certainly suggests going in that direction. Yeah, but yeah, hmm. maybe they'll start would, like announcing ma- like matches for the night after, you know, for the Raw. I was just gonna say that I would. I would prefer if they held off on this, and this was the main event of the the Raw the night after, where you've got a super hot crowd. Give these guys 20 minutes with that crowd, and Black and Ricochet win the tag titles the night after WrestleMania. I think that would be so much more of a valuable spot for, for them. It's, it's not a big WrestleMania uh, experience, but to me, I think that would come off way better. I think so, too, and I think you can justify it because Black and... Ricochet are, are just new debuts who, you know, uh, I don't think people would get too upset if they weren't on that card. So, I, to me, yeah, rather than bloat this this card even more, sure. Like, they still have to add uh, Asuka's match, which we'll get on Tuesday night. There's supposed to be a women's battle royal. There's supposed to be a SmackDown tag title match. That is, that's 15 matches right well, there. Plus, like, the Alexa segment, the Elias segment, Cena. So all that stuff, um, plus who knows if they're going to do additional stuff with uh, Michael Che and Colin Jost before the Battle Royal, like some segments be, uh, with Alexa or elsewhere. So, like, it's a packed show. It's very, very big. Plus, you have those entrances. I yeah. feel this is going to be the longest show in company history. Very possible. Uh, they ran a SmackDown promo. This promo was interesting. It was all based around how the New Day will react to last week's outcome with Kofi Kingston and no mention of Kurt Angle and AJ Styles, which 
I think is a, uh, I think that's a hook for people on, on SmackDown to tune into. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my guess is maybe not enough time to make it, or, but also like this was the A storyline though, the Kofi thing. Mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre comes out. He's still waiting on Roman Reigns answer. It's been a week. He said he vanquished the shield and he exterminated that cockroach, Dean Ambrose. And he beat Seth last week, and he tells Joe to think about his children and his wife because he's already put them through enough. His children has already had to see Daddy fight for his life. Does he really want to put them through that one more time at WrestleMania when he knows he's going to lose? And then he threatens to hold Raw hostage when Reigns finally comes out. That is his tipping point. You will not hold Raw hostage. He says Roman accepts his challenge. But he's going to answer this as Joe and tells him, never run your mouth about my wife and kids. And he beats the shit out of Drew McIntyre. He throws him into the post. The most heinous thing someone can do, throwing their shoulder into the post. But then Drew recovers and hits him with a low blow and the Claymore kick, which is the equivalent of a gunshot to the head. This is like the golden gun in GoldenEye. One shot from this Claymore kick, you're dead. Graves says that could be the end of the WrestleMania challenge, and Cole quickly cuts off Graves saying the match is going to happen at WrestleMania. He did not want any confusion. Uh, So the match is official, Mm -hmm. and yes, Roman Reigns laid out at the end of this so badly from this Claymore kick that uh, he could not help uh, his buddy later in the night. Mm -hmm. You know, without that much time to, to build this feud... They're, you could tell how desperate they are to try to get this one hot enough to stand out amongst the rest of this WrestleMania card because they've been like driving this leukemia stuff really hard with Drew McIntyre's promos. God, say that over again. Well, I'm not going they've to. They've been driving this leukemia stuff so hard. Yeah, listen, like, I'm obviously they're very much aware of, of maybe how tasteless it might come off, and they're like, they're choosing to embrace it. It's, it does come across as tasteless and a little bit cheap, but I think they just feel like. It, they're justified because Reigns needs something to get really upset about in order to make this a heated feud. Uh, and, you know, Reigns' fire, I thought, was really good here in this comeback. And it was almost, like, so satisfying that it almost made it worth it. Um, but it's still weird. It's still very weird. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, leukemia aside, again, another one for the vault. Uh, I think Drew's promos have been really strong. Uh, building up this program because yeah, it does feel as though it's it's kind of this thrown together plan uh, of putting Drew and Roman together. And I'm also kind of curious how they do book this match. I would say with pretty much any other heel, it should be Roman just killing the guy in five minutes. But with Drew, uh, they have put so much into him and that win over Seth uh, tells me that this should not just be, uh, I wouldn't trivialize that by just having him, you know, lose a 10 minute match to Roman Reigns. So I am kind of curious how they booked this one. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it could end with anything but Roman winning, especially if you're going the leukemia route as much as you are. But um, <laughs> again, uh, you know what? Given that, I I would almost say like Baron Corbin might have made more sense for Roman Reigns if that was the case. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Who was the. Like, if you go back in the story way, like, the the angle with Kurt was with Drew, not with Baron Corbin. 
And then it became Baron Corbin. Right. But it initiated with Drew McIntyre embarrassing and humiliating Kurt uh, that, you know, you could have flipped opponents. But, you know, I'm sure they they have an idea here. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think this is one of those uh, finishes where you can certainly debate the outcome, given how much stock has been placed into Drew. And maybe Roman can win, and then you have kind of two people in the title picture coming out of this. Mm-hmm. So Drew was backstage and he ran into the exterminated cockroach, Dean Ambrose, who's just standing there. I couldn't believe it. I thought this guy had the, a great write-off, and he's fine. He's like right back two weeks later. He's just, he's just he's doing great. I thought that was, was going to be his write-off until he, he appeared here. Yeah, and, you know, it was kind of just to fill a main event slot. I thought that... That send up that was the last we needed to see of Dean Ambrose. I don't think there was any need to bring him back here for tonight, but I guess they felt they needed to just squeeze the last uh, loss out of Dean Ambrose. We we left some doubt that he wasn't dead. We will yeah. kill him tonight. I feel like you'll still get Ambrose like in in little kind of cameos uh, and, and even in matches for people to beat uh, until his contract actually runs out. Like I could see one last fist bump between all of them. Uh Maybe, maybe you could. Um, I mean, if if Seth wins the title, mm-hmm. you, you could do something like that. It just feels like they wrapped up Dean so much. Like, they did the reunion with the Shield, and they they did the whole, the last ride at, at Fastlane. Yeah. Um, it's also like, you know, you're, you're at WrestleMania. Everybody has matches coming up. Dean Ambrose does not. So if you want to make um, Drew look strong, who can he realistically right. beat? Yeah, I mean, if he if he's there, you're paying the guy, why not? I mean, heat up other guys. So Dean says that he's still standing, and he challenges Drew to a last-man-standing match tonight, and that would be our main event. Sasha Banks versus Natalia. Sasha had Bailey in her corner, Natalia had Beth Phoenix, and they promoted that Survivor Series weekend will take place in Chicago in November, and this will be the first... Uh, the first weekend with one of the big four where it's going to be SmackDown starting off the weekend on Friday with right. takeover on Saturday and then the pay-per-view and raw on Monday. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I look forward to seeing um, like how SmackDown will change as a goal. Yeah, that's only going to be about a month and a half into the Fox run. So yeah. it's, it's going to be a pivotal time for SmackDown. I think that works so much better. I'm, I'm curious to, to know if like more people will be like making it a four day weekend rather than a three day weekend. Cause usually SmackDown on Tuesday is the one that you can miss. Um, I, I think it's so much better in the yeah. new, the new way of having, you know, next year, like um, maybe you and I were talking about it, but I, I could like the argument seems to be, well, you just moved the Hall of Fame to Thursday night. I could really see a thing where TakeOver is moved to Thursday night because that is more of a draw to people that will bring them into town a day or two earlier to go to TakeOver Thursday and then do the Hall of Fame on Saturday. It's true. Yeah. So Sasha and Natalia, they go back and forth. Natalia's trying for the sharpshooter. It's blocked. Natalia gets sent to the floor, go through the break. Natalia's got the San Martino-style backbreaker, and then... Natalia does her deal where she runs the ropes onto the back of Sasha, who trips her, applies the bank statement, rolls back, and then Natalia is able to apply the sharpshooter. And Graves notes, Sasha's in her hometown, which I was like, uh-oh, her fate is doomed. Uh, but Banks broke out. 
And then Tamina and Nia Jax appeared, attacking Bailey on the floor. And Beth Phoenix gets involved. The match is thrown out. Beth lifts up Nia, but gets stopped by Tamina. And then she calls for the glam slam and hits it onto Tamina. I thought Beth, I thought her forearm strikes looked awesome with Nia. I thought, she, you know, she got up Tamina for the glam slam. I thought Beth was the uh, the shining part of this segment at the end. For sure. Absolutely. She's been a really welcome addition, I would say. She looked great here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to bang that drum every time because I think Beth is going to be tremendous in this match that it was a lost cause with Asuka. That, that is my one that got away this year. I feel huh. that would have been a great one-off for Asuka because it looks like she's going to have well, we'll know on Tuesday what her match is at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Then they did the video for the Hart Foundation. And during this time, Natalia's still in the ring. So they cut back to her. She's in tears. Beth is crying. A very emotional scene here as the audience is giving a standing ovation after the video plays. It was a nice little moment. Charlie interviewed Kurt Angle. And he thanks Samoa Joe for coming to SmackDown. He's going to be ready for Baron Corbin at WrestleMania. The crowd boos this. and. He said his final match here in Boston uh, is about to take place. Baron Corbin walks in and says they're all cheering Angle because they feel sorry for him because he should have retired 10 years ago. And Angle is half the man he used to be, and he's going to disgrace himself at WrestleMania. And Kurt says, screw you. Yeah. Uh, As far as you you know, this is... Still the plan? This is the match, yes, for WrestleMania. Mm. Okay. Charlie then interviews Sasha Banks. Are you, are you not too high on this match still, Way? Uh, oh, I love it. No. Um, I, I really don't mind it. I'm not as um, against it as some others are because I, I realize, like even this match with Joe, it's, mm-hmm. be- it's better than the Gable match for, for recently in terms of expectation versus what it delivered. But, it, but it, it's not delivering what you're hoping for. Like, I think Kurt, he he's taking on a heel that people legitimately don't like that. Kurt's just going to get a, a nice win on his way out with. I really don't have a big issue with it. It's going to be a couple minutes. Um, given where Kurt angle is right now. I, I don't think it's that bad of a, of an idea. It just feels so much to me. Like it's a raw match and not necessarily something I would be happy to pay, you know, a WrestleMania ticket price for. I think Kurt's only capable of a raw match right now. And, and I think if you, if you were to do any of these matches with Joe, with Gable, with Rey Mysterio, he's taking on Rey Mysterio next week on Raw. Like, if you put any of those at WrestleMania, I think you're really setting up for either potential disappointment or Kurt having so much pressure to deliver that he'd do something nuts. Hmm. So I understand the disappointment um, that people have with, with all of this. But yeah, um, I checked out on Sunday. It is, it is the match that is happening um, at Mania. Charlie interviewed Sasha and Bailey backstage and brought up all of their recent losses. It was Charlie being her most aggravating, just like bringing up every negative of Sasha and Bailey's recent run. And Sasha just cuts her off, says, we will take on all of these teams. We'll take on the Iconics, Tamina and Nia, and Natalia and Beth. So it looks like the four-way is set for WrestleMania. She specifically mentioned we'll, we'll take on all brands, and, and does that include NXT Like um, it, for this particular match? Yeah, I mean, 
she kind of left it very vague saying we would take on anybody from all brands. You're right. Um, God, I, I hope they don't add another team to this. Four is certainly enough. I don't think they need the Iconics in this. Yeah. I I, I mean, I they're going to Personally, be enough, I think but... Beth, Beth's comeback is is enough for this. Like, I understand you got to get Nia and Tamina in there. I I, I would have just... Um, uh, I th- I think the less the better. So four teams is more than enough. The Iconics feel very um, just shoehorned into this. I think they they want to, you know, I mean, for lack of a better word, like, you know, just kind of like throw them this bone to like say, hey, like, thank you for or like being here all year. Here's the WrestleMania match. Uh, that's what a lot of these multi-person matches often feel like. Uh, and, and to like, you know, have a Beth Phoenix return all of a sudden into a WrestleMania slot. It's, I think maybe just bad for morale. Maybe perhaps is what they would consider. Then we had the moment of bliss and Alexa takes credit for WrestleMania and the women headlining. And then she recaps the segments involving Michael Che and Colin Jost brings out Braun Strowman. He lists off all the things he's destroyed and she's playing anger management therapist. And they're joined by Colin Jost and Michael Che by satellite. And they're booed as they show up on the screen. Colin Jost says, I learned my lesson about wearing a Mets hat. I'm not going to wear a Mets hat tonight. So he puts on a Yankees hat as the Boston crowd just boos. This has struck a nerve with them. Che respects Braun, but he crossed the line. Says Colin's really a good guy. Colin says, I went to Harvard. I could teach you some things. My parents paid millions of dollars to get me on the cross-country team, and I I actually thought that was a pretty clever line. Mm -hmm. He lists off the things he can help Braun, such as reading a newspaper or doing his taxes. The crowd starts chanting, Yankees suck. Jost wants Braun to pay him back for the car with interest, and he also wants him to get an autograph from Brock Lesnar and says, if not, we might not show up at WrestleMania. Braun says he's going to take care of this physically. And he challenges Colin Jost to enter the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Michael Che accepts on his behalf. Then Michael Che is goaded into joining. And Braun ends the segment threatening to kill the men if they don't show up for this battle royal. So we have three people in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And I would say of the three battle royals that we have announced between this, uh, the Honor Rumble, and the Clusterfuck, I would say this one has the the highest mountain to climb in terms of uh, delivering, but we'll see. Maybe they have something ingenious planned. Uh, sure, I, I I mean I would say it at least certain uh, certainly adds a level of a um, heightened interest to the Andre Battle Royal, which I think in previous years has just been really nothing. Um, uh, it's, so if if you're telling me Colin Jost or maybe, maybe Jost is going to win it, yeah. Oh god, that would be terrible. I I think if you're you're telling me that their involvement is going to be kept to this, the Andre Battle Royal, I'm perfectly fine with it. Why not? I This is like Drew Carey being in the Royal Rumble. It's yeah. fine. Like, like this is a this is such a throwaway match. I could it, it, I have absolutely no issue. Yeah, none. I, yeah, like I I'd rather this than, you know, these the segments taking up much of this other show. I would say, like, if this ends up with just a mention on Saturday Night Live, it's it's worth it for them. Um, Man, could you imagine? And I, I would think that they'd be encouraged to do that. Like, these guys, the night before WrestleMania, Braun either shows up, or at least you get some mention that Michael Che and Colin Jost are going to be in a battle royal at WrestleMania tomorrow night. 
I just find it amusing that Scarlett Johansson might be watching the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. She might be there. Yeah. Maybe she'll be there. Maybe she'll get into the women's battle royal. Hmm. I wonder. Elias is outside of MSG and calls it a dump. Should have said, anyone could sell this building out. He pretty much did because he said, I've sold it out three times and my rehearsals outdrop Billy Joel. And then someone, he's got a herbal tea and someone comes and puts a quarter into his tea. Mm-hmm. You like I this? Found, I found this entertaining because I had a friend who once, I think I've told this story before, haven't I? Way has to. I don't know. Stories. Actually, I have not heard. Every year I get to retell a story. My friend once went to a future shop and he, he was selling like these games or something. And he comes out of the future shop and he sees a homeless man and he goes up and he's just got this change from selling all these DVDs or games or whatever. And he puts a toonie into the guy's coffee cup. And as the, as the toonie goes down, he hears a splash and it's a guy with his unfinished coffee and he looks up and he's like, do you think I'm homeless? <laughs> and my friend is mortified, dude. He's just like, I'm so sorry. And he just bolted off and ran. I thought that was like the best story ever. Well, I wish I had that same experience, John, because maybe I would have enjoyed this Elias thing a little bit more. Oh, I was I was definitely watching that with my own uh, my own blinders. So so what did he do? Did he buy him? I guess he gave him two. $2. He, dude, he I from what I recall, this was years and years ago when he realized this, he apologized and he just bolted like he ran away in just embarrassment. <laughs> what, what would you do in such a situation? Like I would be just. Uh, you know, you're you're doing this with the best of intentions, and it has completely backfired. Yeah, I would never give him. And you've ruined his coffee as well. Like that would infuriate me. I would feel so awful because not only uh, are you are you just ruining my coffee, but I mean, just what a what an awkward situation to put me in. I'm just here sitting drinking my coffee. You're kind of calling somebody like you, you're you're if they're not homeless, you're you're saying they look homeless. So. Uh, anyway, always, always be mine. So don't do a good deed is what John's trying to say. Then, uh, the show progresses. Baron Corbin comes out and then I was confused because all of a sudden we get a Bobby Roode, Chad Gable entrance and it's, it's like a regular entrance. Like the commentators are calling this, but it's an ad for a Snickers bar. And I thought this was some awful idea. They'd come up with Bobby Roode and Chad Gable as these klutzes, but it was just the Snickers ad. I was very confused. Oh, yeah. It turned out to be a wonderful, brilliant marketing idea instead. This was, this was worse than the Elias thing. You can admit that, right? Uh, 100%, yes. Okay. You're not buying a dramatic Snickers bar, are you? I don't think so. Are you, do you like Snickers? I, in fact, I had Snickers bites while I was watching this episode of Raw. Oh, wow. So yeah. they, they know their audience. I really like the Snickers almond one. That's a good one. Um, good. Peanut butter? Nah, I'm not a peanut butter person. Uh-oh. Be careful, John. You know how people, how defensive our audience gets about their snacks. Peanut butter sucks. Baron Corbin versus Apollo Crews was the peanut butter of Raw matches on Monday night. Cruz was going for multiple covers. Corbin, Corbin missed Apollo, and his shoulder ran into the post. 
I'm going to I'm going to try this out, okay? I'm going to find a steel bar at a local uh park and I'm going to run my shoulder into it and see how bad it is, okay? And I'll report back. I'm sure it'll be pretty bad. Corbin caught him with the end of days and won the match. So he lost to Apollo last week, he beat him this week. No one cares. No one remembers. 248. He hit another end of days after the match, so his days ended twice. Yeah. This late in I, was this even late until the show? I couldn't even tell because it felt late. This was like the end of the second hour. Okay. Well, I don't know. Something just about the the way Baron Corbin looks just sucks the energy right out of me. So much so that like I tested my heart rate during this match just as an experiment. <laughs> Dude. Did I, you flatline? I, I, no. But I had a heart rate of 56 beats per minute. Like a normal <laughs> heart rate is like 60 to 100. So I'm like, shit. So this almost killed you. <laughs> Listen, I guess 56 isn't that, that much to be concerned about. But I was like, man, I, f- I feel my heart rate lower at, during this match. And I decided to measure it. And it's true. So I encourage everybody out there, check your heart rate during a Baron Corbin match and report back to us. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> Seth Rollins came out to restore Way's <laughs> heart rate. And he said that him and Lesnar are not cut from the same cloth. He wants to carry the burden of being the champion to inspire others. He was inspired by Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Ric Flair. Even Triple H and John Cena have inspired people. But Lesnar does not. He inspires no one. He calls this the biggest match of his career. He shares a story from an autograph session yesterday where every person that he met with Every single person at the end of their interaction said, please beat Brock at WrestleMania. I cannot imagine a 32-year-old male that I think there would be a high population of it, a Seth Rollins autograph signing. Please, please beat Brock at WrestleMania. Uh He said every single person said this. Well, who are you to doubt him? John Pollock. That's who I am to doubt him. He says Lesnar's a bully, but Seth has an army behind him. And together his army will burn Suplex City down. This sounds like a cult. Um, yeah, or terrorists. Yeah. All my minions, we are going to set fire to this, this town of Suplex City. Paul Heyman comes out and says that Seth's chances of winning this are zero. And he starts stating a term from your generation, Seth. Thoughts and prayers. I need your thoughts and prayers. I guess this was like a pseudo-knocking of millennials and their false sense of um, sincerity when something Uh, awful happens. I see. Like, people would tweet it out. I didn't think this was a great promo. Rollins chased him up the ramp. Heyman squeals on the ground. He's yelling, I hope you win. Heyman was actually very funny when Seth caught up to him and Mm -hmm. blamed Brock for this promo. And Seth says, I'm not asking for thoughts and prayers. I'm here to answer them. And we are going to WrestleMania. We are going to beat Brock Lesnar. And we are going to enter Suplex City. And and he puts the mic in the air. And at least enough people yelled, burn it down. Mm Mm-hmm. This was um like he has really become CrossFit Jesus now. Like kind he of. is he is Jesus to he, these people now. 
Like, that's the character, Jesus. But Jesus never, like, went around burning things, I don't think. Yeah, but he's willing to die for the sins. Yes. Yes, I guess so. For CrossFit. Yes. <laughs> I thought this was, like, a more cheesier, like, week for this build. And in particular with Seth's promo, um, I don't know. There's something about it, like, I, I, I've been enjoying his promos a lot. But this one was just too much, like, rah-rah, you know, I have all of you behind me. And so much so that I'm 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 gonna rely on you to finish my sentences when I put my mic up in the air for my catchphrase. I just I I, I it was very rah rah. But I mean, to his credit, it it would have been way lamer if the people were not chanting with him. And it wasn't overwhelming either. But it was enough that it didn't come off as um like they weren't into it. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's there's like he's an over babyface. He's over, but like there were some weeks where like he felt like the top star at least on Raw and. You know, on this card, where would you place this match in terms of importance? At the moment? Yeah. Um, I'd still put it pretty high. I, I'd still have top it in three? like... The, yes, I would put it in the top three. Yeah, I think I would too. Yeah. Triple H. Batista, and and I, I think it's going to be a great match as well. I don't think people are really looking at this match um, a lot. It doesn't seem to be top of mind for everyone, but I do feel they're going to have a hell of a match. Yeah, I agree. If you go back to... The Royal Rumble 2015. It was these two and Cena who had this unbelievable three-way. And I think that I, I think Rollins I think Rollins is gonna bring out the like a really solid match out of out of Lesnar. So mm-hmm. I, I'm this is one of the matches I'm really looking forward to. Uh and then Kurt Angle walked out at the end. Heyman's still seated, and Kurt just chanted you suck at Heyman as he did his entrance. Samoa Joe came out. Cut another great promo. He didn't bring any flowers for Angle, but he does have a lot of memories with him, but it's not very sentimental. And he's going to give Kurt the gift of a good night's sleep by putting his ass to sleep one last time. What was so interesting about this way is that they constantly reference their history together, having one final match. It's their final chapter, uh, but that's as far as they would go. But it was certainly more than they, they would have uh, a year ago. Yeah. They didn't mention specifically their, uh, their sunbathing days with Dixie Carter in this promo. But um, yeah, like even Cole mentioned how they have a history together. So to me, like it seemed like it was the first on-screen acknowledgement of this. I wouldn't even really know what, what opportunity they would have had prior to, to this for this to get called out. But um, they, they did mention, yeah, they made this match feel important because these two know each other. One, one thing about this angle farewell tour that they're doing, like these are all, like non sequitur matches. Like they really don't tie into anything. Like Samoa Joe was pretty much just, he was an old rival. He was not presented as the guy that's facing Rey Mysterio. It was just, it's guys from the past that I, I almost wish that they had just done this farewell promo. And right at the beginning, they just listed, he's going to have matches with all these people and just list them at the start rather than like, we learned about this match this afternoon. And I think that this would have, if you, if you remember the first week angle, was going to make that retirement announcement. He did that in the third hour, and that third hour did really well. And it wasn't just Kurt, but I think people are invested in this. Like this, I think people do believe this is his retirement tour. And I think if you had just at the beginning announced all these opponents, you knew who they would be. I mean, you don't really have to do a whole lot of um, storyline adjustments because they're all just like, they're not even like attached to any storylines. Well, I think that would require them to know, like, weeks in advance 
who's available and what they're going to do on an edition of Raw or SmackDown. And I, I, I just don't feel like they have these shows made that far. Into well, days. well, we learned, uh, according to the advertising, Joe wasn't available tonight. He was on another show. So yeah, there you go. That, that wasn't a problem. Well, I guess. But I, I mean, I to, like they it's not like they're treating this retirement thing as that important. They're giving it airtime, but it's mm. hardly like. You know, like it doesn't feel like it's as important as I don't know. Like it, even this isn't Ric Flair, yeah. But th- I think that they've put more into this than I was expecting at the beginning. And I think the day of, I think his match with Corbin and the send off will be one of the kind of bigger responses at, uh, to that crowd. Absolutely. I do feel the day of it, it will be people will treat it as his retirement, whether it is or isn't. I think it will be treated like that. It, the moment of him like finally leaving the audience, I think, will be big. But I'm not anticipating, you know, the, something the, with the emotional weight of like a Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels. Or no, no, Shawn I don't think anyone Taylor. is. I think this whole farewell has been done so with measured expectations, mm-hmm. very but I, measured. But I expectations. love, I love the selection of opponents. You know, I have a feeling probably Kurt had, had a, has a, a big role in choosing these particular opponents, and I, I, I probably. Like wouldn't have done better if I could come up with a list of opponents that I wanted to see him with on his on his final run between you know what who we've seen so far and who we're about to. Who comes to my if they're doing AJ tomorrow night, Rey Mysterio next Monday, presuming he does a match on the final SmackDown. Who would be that last person? Is there anyone on the roster that jumps out at you? I mean, Daniel Bryan to me has always been a dream mm. opponent that I haven't seen. That's um, a great idea. But I mean, he's also got Kofi Kingston. Like that's the go home show for that main event. That, so, that could be that could be something that plays into it, and you have Kurt with Kofi at the end, and there's there's something you could totally do there. Yeah, I think be, that's a really good idea, actually. I mean, again, you know, at this point, it's more about saying, you know, I've seen this match rather than I think my expectations for the match and and how they would have been with both men at their prime. Um, but just to see the the two men together in ring, I think would be to me a spectacle. So they have a stare down, and Joe. Leans in and headbutts Kurt. Oh, so great! Oh man, yeah. For the like their most famous spot together. I know. Like again, like we we often talk about this. How many visuals are there from your history, our history of watching TNA that really stand out? And this headbutt, Rick, I think Ric Flair and Black Machismo. <laughs> uh, yeah, homicide, not being able to climb out of the the Red Asylum, uh, reverse battle royal, Claire Lynch and the headbutt, scre- Claire Lynch screaming. Uh, <laughs> Do the right thing, AJ. Yep. Elix Elix Skipper doing the uh, the Rana off the the steel cage, if we're looking at, like, positive moments. But listen, this headbutt, I think, is, like, uh, a top three, you know? So, a great callback. This is the biggest feud in TNA history. Yeah. This, this, uh, clearly. And their... Their last, uh, their last major match in TNA was that lockdown show, which was, uh, not too far from here in, in Lowell, Massachusetts. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so they're alluding to their past again, as we mentioned. Joe hits a tope suicida. They go through the commercial. Angle ducks, and he hits three Germans and gets a two count. Angle slam gets stopped, and then Joe runs into the corner, misses, takes the angle slam, but Joe kicks out. And that was what Joe was going to get out of this. Uh, he kicks off an ankle lock attempt and then applies the coquina clutch, and Angle reverses it into a cradle, catching Joe for the pin. I didn't know what they were going to do for the finish here, but I was a bit surprised that it was this clean for Kurt. 
Yeah. Yeah, I would say so too. I think very big of them to, you know, sacrifice their US champion for retiring Kurt Angle this way. Um, I wonder like if there are any discussions internally about whether or not we should be doing this. But I'm I mean, I'm happy to to see a result like this. I don't think it Joe loses a thing from from something like this. I, I think it also tells you that like they see Joe at a level and I don't think they sure. look at this as hurting him, which you're right, for where he is, I, I don't think it does. But you know, I I wouldn't have seen this happening if it was Randy Orton. That's instance. true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I don't see that happening for AJ tomorrow. So mm-hmm. um, probably something involving Randy, perhaps. Sure. You know what? Like watching Angle right now is kind of interesting because he he feels like very different, even from like last year's Mania. Don't you think? Completely. Yeah. yeah. Like he could still take all the moves. He still has his strength, but like that speed and he's energy. very slow. He's yeah. very slow. Like he's he's probably you know dealing with who knows what yeah. um, injury wise at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, as I'm thinking about this this match for SmackDown, I could really see something where you you give them enough of Angle and AJ to feel like you delivered it, and then Joe gets involved with Orton and it turns into a tag match. Oh, interesting. Okay, like that's their way out because sure. I don't think they want to beat Kurt and they probably don't want to beat AJ either. That you could have them do 10 minutes. Joe is coming out getting his revenge from tonight. And Orton gets involved. And then it turns into a, a tag. And you can do whatever finish you'd like. So maybe maybe that's an idea. Hmm. Triple H. The main event of this show. He comes out for his promo. He starts off by joking that the crowd gave him a standing ovation for the entire commercial break. So... This wasn't necessarily, um, you know, the game Triple H that we were getting. This was not Cerebral Assassin Triple H. This was not even like Paul Levesque NXT. This, this was like Conference Call Paul. <laughs> yes, exactly. Conference Call Paul. I was going to say like more DX Triple H, you know, like nine, like kind of like the guy who breaks the fourth wall and, and pokes fun. I but like that so much. Conference I'm, Call Paul. I like I'm making well. that the uh, for our, our title. <laughs> conference call paul right because paul's always making jokes on the conference call and like it doesn't get over very well but it's yeah. like the polite laughter at best so he congratulates the women on headlining wrestlemania and all the women who have ever stepped into this ring he says this microphone is dry it's not full of spit from batista's that he used a few weeks ago all right Ugh. This sucked. He he threw a lot of jokes against the wall, and um, they were bouncing off the wall pretty consistently. Then, were were you surprised that we got Triple H in a in a physical match on Raw? Because he then got into a no holds barred preview with an envelope in his pocket, and he struggled like I've never seen someone struggle with a fucking envelope to get this thing out. First of all. Why was this thing so fucking thick? Like, what was in there? The goddamn New Testament? It was so thick. Like, we couldn't just put, like, a fucking one piece of paper in there to get the point across to everyone? Okay, envelope, letter. He is pulling and pulling at this thing, and it took him three fucking tries to get this out. Yeah, this is an edit I'm sure you'll see on on the YouTube version, so. (laughs) That Uh, that is right. I will check on that. 
So he gets it out and he explains that this 8,000-piece document is from Batista's lawyer who says that Batista will not compete at WrestleMania unless he agrees to another stipulation. And By first, the way, sorry, I just checked. The YouTube video starts with the letter already out. <laughs> you know, probably 95% of the roster would just walk to the back. But you know Paul walked to the back, and the first thing he said was to the digital team, you make sure that envelope is never, ever to be shown with me struggling. <laughs> so, uh, first, he mocks Batista for being an idiot and said that, Evolution, you claim, did nothing for your career, yet you were the deacon when you started in Evolution, and when you left, you were a world champion. And then he said that you went on to win six more titles, but then you quit because you couldn't beat John Cena, and then you quit again, alluding to the last run in 2014, and then you claim that I refused to return your calls. Well, I did return your call, but your manager asked us to move the date of WrestleMania to accommodate the shooting schedule for Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think any of this was registering with the audience. I think they were so confused with all these things that Hunter was alluding to. For the record, I did look this up, that the second Guardians movie did shoot from February to June of 2016. Okay. Thanks. But I, who knows if this was even approximating truth. Um, so then he starts to read the letter from the lawyer, and it reads, You will give me what I want, what I want, what I really, 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 really want. And he recites wannabe. That was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Everyone got a laugh out of this. And at the end of it, Batista has requested that Triple H put his career on the line. And Hunter says, this is your way of getting to quit again if I don't agree to this. Well, I'm going to force you to stand up to your commitment. I have never cared about Dave. I am not obsessed about him. What I'm obsessed with is kicking his ass, which is kind of the same thing, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would like say if so. I if I had an obsession about kicking your ass, I've got an obsession about you, an unhealthy one, probably. I would say you're probably more obsessed about me than the average person who's. Already yeah, it's not like you're me. even you know. No, it's not like an ex that you can't get over. It's like someone you're just want to induce harm onto. Like that's just crazy. He says, if I can't beat a self-delusional douchebag like Batista, then I have no business being in this ring anyway. And he agrees to the stipulation. Mm -hmm. I, I, I wasn't blown away by the promo last week by Batista. Uh, I wasn't blown away by this one either. It's they've been kind of, weird. I thought the promos would be really strong going into this one. And uh, they've, they've kind of left me a bit uh, disappointed. Even starting from like the... Yeah, like the 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 Batista Spice Girls promo. I I still wonder if that was intentional. If they were intending on like having that turn into a meme because that initial Batista promo was so kind of weird and kind of strange. Um and and it's kind of carried on throughout the rest of this build where they've really kind of like whether intentional or not, like at least this Triple H promo I know for a fact was him trying to be funny and I hated it. I just uh, I I have not cared about a career, career stip less 
than, you know, a promo like this. And this is the first time Triple H has done this, putting his career on the line, um, at least at WrestleMania, to my knowledge. I, I think it kind of takes away from the match. Completely it does. I, I mean, to me, like, you, this is a serious story. Ric Flair was almost killed in a storyline like this. And I, I just don't think comedy, even if he did get a few chuckles out of me from the Spice Girl stuff, was really the right tone. Um, Hunter start from the beginning, you know, calling, breaking the fourth wall, like talking about the, the, the crowd to like, you know, like making fun of the envelope and, and all, all these other jokes just to me felt like they had no place in a build like this. So not a fan at all. You know, I came into this program and a lot of people felt that Hunter should have been the heel. And my argument was, you know, Batista was such a great heel at the end that I'm not going to complain about this. I thought we could get NXT Paul that I think could be very effective as a babyface when needed. And Batista's an awesome heel. He hasn't been an awesome heel. And I think Hunter has been a hard to like babyface in this whole lead up to it. I don't think that they've really hammered. I, I can't even tell you what the issue is between these two. It's like, okay, this guy had all the success, but he never liked Hunter because Hunter was obsessed with him. I think I don't, Batista I don't has, know what that means. I think I feel like Batista has, has made a bit more sense and has tried to like give his motivations a bit more. Um like he feels like Hunter used him, has always held held him down. Um and now he but wants it's like to end this his guy career. this guy left evolution like two thousand and five and he went on to this Big career. Like, he was there another five years where he was away from Hunter. And he beat this guy at WrestleMania. Like, that kind of... We, we lived through that story. He holds a grudge, I guess, for, guess for so. all this stuff. Uh, I'll say at this point, I, I feel that maybe if the, the roles had been swapped, it would have been uh, a bit more... Uh, it, it wouldn't have the career step, but uh, on a show that has a... What you're trying to push is a legitimate retirement, I think throwing in a, a bullshit one uh, only detracts from this i feel do you think this is a bullshit one i mean the hunter one you know i mean i don't think he's retiring either but i wouldn't say bullshit though like i think if you're gonna do this i I don't think there's one listen i i don't fully believe that we're gonna see kurt angle's last match but i 1000 percent guarantee we're not seeing hunter's last match at wrestlemania yeah, even you know, even if that's the case, I think you should be treating like uh, the the purpose of throwing a career step like that is to have you really believe in it and, and you know think think of it as as a real possibility. Um, to to get a stipulation like that over, like next Monday's Raw should be treated as this could be Hunter's last match on Sunday, and it should be like you focus on the entire career. That's what and I this, think. That'd be that's what this promo should have been. Instead, what? like, we got, you know, um, Uncle Paul. Well, I feel you can only do that with one person, and I think that should be reserved for Kurt. Like, next Monday should be, like, this guy is going in for, like, his 20-year career is ending on Sunday, and we know that. Um, and now you're throwing this in. I, I don't think this adds to the match. I don't think it adds anything. Hmm. Elias was in the streets with a guitar case full of money, and he's talking to the camera. As some dude runs up and robs him, and he no-sells it. The noise on the street was so loud. Like, they obviously had one night to do this, and it was a night where it turned out it was raining. And then on top of that, they're next to these uh, cabs, and it was so hard to hear them at the end. This is just terrible. This one was bad. And then the guy comes back, and he takes the entire case of money and leaves. 
This one I can't defend. You don't have a personal anecdote about this? No, experience. no. None of my friends have ever robbed me, so I can't uh, find a chuckle in any of this. Yeah. I guess he was just in New York and needed to promote, like, his WrestleMania stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was... That's it. That's fine. Final match. Last man standing. Dean Ambrose and Drew McIntyre. This thing got about 10 minutes. Ambrose missed an elbow to the floor and then came back, but Drew is attacking him with a kendo stick. He tries stabbing Dean in the face, and Renee yet uh, let out a yell. And then Dean's neck gets snapped under the apron. He uses the steps on the floor and then comes back with a dirty deeds. But then Dean reverses, and Drew gets sent into a chair in the corner. And Dean sets up a table. Drew stops him, puts Dean through the table, and then... Locked and loaded, he hits the Claymore kick. And after all of this that Dean gets back up from, the Claymore kick cannot withstand Dean Ambrose. And he lays there for 10. The count of 10, the match is over, and Drew McIntyre stands tall. I mean, if nothing else, it's really put this Claymore kick over as a deadly finisher. And that was it. The latest last chapter of Dean Ambrose until they come up with another idea for him. Until next week, I guess. Yeah, this was his, he is now officially Kenny from South Park. (laughs) He took quite the beating, man. Like some of those welts on his stomach, um, I'm sure like even several hours later are are probably going to look pretty rough. And uh, uh, I, I, you know, like the more they do it, I think the less it means, you know. Um, I I thought you got all the juice out of it in that beat down two weeks ago. Um, I mean, this was fine. It's like, it's more for Drew to just kill a guy, but like, I think they've really, they, they've gone to the Dean well enough that I, I don't need, I don't think he needs to be back again. I I agree. Like, I, I don't want to see another match between these two. I, I think this particular match felt like it was just them needing something to fill TV time. Uh, and, you know, on your second to last show before WrestleMania, I feel like you can use that TV time a lot better. But then again, three hours. <laughs> We only got 15 matches to promote. Yeah. We've got to spread out that, that television time. Uh, I feel so much happened on this episode of Raw. I'm not saying it was all effective stuff, but I like just look at my notes. Like There was so much on this show. It's, it's um, I guess. Like, I'm just saying volume. I'm not even saying good or bad. It just seems like there was so much. Uh, More than typical. Because there's so many programs going into WrestleMania, and they're trying to focus as much, even if you're just including the Raw side. Mm -hmm. There's just so... They're trying to get placements for everybody on here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I feel like most... Like, the biggest takeaway from this episode of Raw, to me, was, like, the announcement of the women uh, headlining WrestleMania. And that was something done even before the episode of Raw. But I felt like they followed up well. John, I know you... Maybe you didn't. Um, And then everything else... You know, was okay. Are you excited <laughs> for WrestleMania? Uh, I am. Not, Res- not WrestleMania, not the trip, not no, the I- weekend, the actual show, walking into MetLife Stadium for um, an, an entire afternoon and evening. See, I'm still somebody who I think, I'm, I'm still very much like a kid at heart where like the 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 spectacle of like a big stadium show and like seeing the set and everything still really excites me. And I know during the day of, like last year, like despite the show being as long as it was, I think I I still had energy by the end of it. Um, we we're going to see the culmination of a lot of feuds. A lot of them, maybe we don't 
a lot of people don't care about. But I feel like the top three matches on this card are still very interesting. And, and I'm talking about... What, what about the bottom 10? <laughs> well, there's a lot. Um, there's a lot. But you know what? Like, there's something about maybe the show to me that um, attracts me because I know for all these guys, people like a Samoa Joe, people like, uh, you know... Um, uh, uh, who am uh, Kurt Angle? Whatever you know. Uh, uh, Drew McIntyre. All of them being uh, Finn Balor. All of them being a part of the show. You can you know that in real life, this is like one of the biggest moments of their career, right? So knowing that this is the stage uh, where all these people were probably going to like you know have worked, strived for their whole careers to work towards, to me, like still adds a level of excitement. So our updated card. It is Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair for the women's title. Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. Triple H versus Batista. No holds barred. If Triple H loses, he must retire. Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. Shane McMahon versus The Miz. AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal featuring Braun Strowman, Michael Che, and Colin Jost. Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. Bobby Lashley versus Finn Balor. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. The Boss and Hug Connection versus The Iconics versus Nia Jackson Tamina versus The Divas of Doom, as they're listed here. Beth Phoenix and Natalia and Buddy Murphy versus Tony Nese for the Cruiserweight title. Uh, plus Asuka's match that we will know Tuesday after SmackDown. And did they announce a women's battle royal or are they not doing that? They, fi- they have not announced it yet. I had been told as of a week ago that was on the card, but there has been no mention of it. Um, that or... The SmackDown tag title match, which um, both those matches, I had been told, were being planned for the show. So what are you so, thinking? 15 or, do, or more than that? Do we go six? Do we hit 16 by the end of it all? Because. Oh, I think so. I Like if we get those, if we get the Oscar match, that makes 13. And if we get those two, that's 15 right there. Um, Still something we with get Cena. 16. I, I feel Cena in truth. I don't think I I don't think anything's going to be advertised ahead of time for Cena. I think he's mm-hmm. showing up um whether yeah. it's for the Elias segment um Oh god, this will be man, it, it is a really long day. <laughs> it's going to be a long day. Um now more than ever it feels like it's it's just like you know the right time to split these shows, but whatever. They're yeah. they're almost at it now. I mean, for the for the SmackDown tag titles, you've got a lot of teams that could be thrown into that. You have the Usos as champions. You have the Hardys, Rusev and Nakamura. You've got, um, who am I not thinking of right now that's been involved lately? The Bar. The Bar. Uh, they've kind of teased something with Kevin Owens and uh, don't call him Mustafa. Oh, yeah. Just Ali. Um you know, I feel Owens and Ali, that's their best case scenario, is getting into a tag title match. Worst case, they're in the Battle Royal. I think they're destined for the Battle Royal. You do have to put people into this Battle Royal yeah. beyond those three. So, um, yeah, some of those tag people I just listed are probably not going to get in uh, to the tag title match. I think you're going to see a lot of short matches, too. You're almost going to have to. Like, that's the thing. Like, this year, they, they have done a lot of singles matches. Whereas WrestleMania, there's a lot of years you get these multi-person matches. There are a lot of singles matches on this card. Mm-hmm. Like, Shane versus The Miz, that does not need even a full 10 minutes. I would say seven. Uh, but but it will. It's a Shane McMahon match. That's not getting less than 15. Mm-hmm. Sadly, like, something like Joe versus Ray might, you know, might get, get six. Yeah. It's going to be like that CM Punk Ray Mysterio match we just watched from mm-hmm. WrestleMania 26. You know, mm-hmm. like good program going in, 
and they get shafted by time. That could very well be that one. All right, uh, let's do some feedback before we wrap up the show. Uh, do you feel like you're back into the uh, the groove way? Somewhat, yeah, somewhat. I think uh, tomorrow I'll feel it even more, and then I'm sure by the time uh, the go-home show comes around, I'll, I'll be right back on the path, on the road, driving 50, 60 miles per hour with a heart rate of 70 <laughs> beats per I minute. think that should be your new rating system is monitoring your heart rate yeah. each match okay sure oh that that is what you need to do at wrestlemania especially if you're in the crowd i think that's a great idea sure that's awesome Way's heart rate no well, one I, will ever the the no one will ever be comparing stars when they can compare Way's heart rate <laughs> we'll add that in the grapple app we'll, we'll ask uh, gareth <laughs> oh andrew from cape breton Oh, WrestleMania rating, rating, rating for this. Oh, sorry. Our rating tonight, uh, what what did you give it? I gave I it give, a five. I gave it a six. Uh, yeah, five and a half, six. 5.43. There you go. Andrew from Cape Breton. WrestleMania does seem to be shaping up nicely. It sucks that work will likely prevent me from seeing the majority of it, but I'm sure I'll at least be able to catch three or four out of the potential eight hours this show could end <laughs> up being. Imagine that. Like, I only have time for uh, four hours of this event. Uh. Watching WrestleMania is like a full-time job. The show wasn't too bad, and it seemed to do a good job building up the Mania matches. I like how WWE has to skip around TNA when talking about Kurt Angle's past. Uh, I will be excited for future post-wrestling podcasts that might feature Dan Lavransky, which he almost spelled correctly. Uh, you guys could talk about your past together. We could, yes. <laughs> I don't know what this had to do with Raw, but we would love to talk with Dan about our past. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to talk about. My... I'm sorry. This is just, what a random comment yeah. to put at the end of your raw feedback. Uh, but then he goes right back in. His highlight of the show was the main event and the heel push that Drew McIntyre is getting. Maybe we'll even talk about a bit about the present and the future with Dan. Yeah, I look in our future. Yeah. All right. We go to Paul from New Jersey who says, "I sometimes go back and watch the revivals debut on the main roster. Compare the pop they got that night with the almost non-reaction tonight. A very sad state of affairs for the revival." Colin you know what? I, I know p some people are down on the revival. They are killing it at every house show they're on with Rude and Gable. Like it never, like they're getting twenty twenty five minutes at these house shows. So no. yeah, it's not um, the best uh, of circumstances for them. But compared to three or four months ago, I'm sure they're a lot happier now that they at least get that outlet. And they are like tearing up the house shows. But what does that mean for your? I'm just saying for like per personal. Uh, satisfaction. I mean, it's it's at least. I mean, it sure as hell beats getting five minutes at a house show or not even booked at all. So, sure. I mean, yeah, it, you, it's not perfect, but at least it's something. Do you think they even have a spot at WrestleMania? I think they'll be in the Battle Royal. Yeah, I do too. Colin Jost and Michael Che are actually extremely funny comedians. I've had the pleasure of meeting and watching Michael Che perform at the Stan Comedy Club in New York. With that being said, this just doesn't seem to be translating. They got a bit of reaction tonight, but it's just not clicking. Question. I first heard Braun on some Jericho podcast with Gallows and Anderson. He was super funny and engaging. Do you think this is hamstringing Braun the same way a wrestler can be cursed by being a great worker? Braun is a super funny guy with a great personality, but I don't, don't think his best use is mid-card comedy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who, who is the wrestler that they sat down and said, you know what? You're just too good of a worker. Nothing we can do here. 
who who's been cursed by being a good worker? Well, he's <laughs> that's what he said. The way a wrestler can be cursed by being a great worker. Uh, um, mm. Listen, I, I think some of Braun. I think that's also been a positive. Like I think his comedic elements have also given him a lot more than um, had he been just this dry monster. Um, but he's also cooled off a bit. But you know, he's getting something. Listen, the the stuff with Michael Che and Colin Joe's it's it's something of priority for the company, and they're putting Braun in that slot, and that tells me he is um, someone of importance for for WrestleMania because he is getting the celebrity angle for WrestleMania. He is somewhat of importance, but I think you know the the potential for him, uh, even like you know several months back, was was main eventer, somebody who could main event WrestleMania, and I feel like he's very far from that. So. Mm. Is it because of his comedy though? No, not not at all. I think it's it's more so maybe just that I I would say a heel turn that didn't need to happen at a time that that it did. That was very bad. What they did with him last summer was a mistake. I would say he's not that far away from like if you need a main event challenger on Raw or SmackDown, I think he can be put into that position. But he isn't where he was a year ago. I would say. Uh, your turn. Steve from Cambridge, Braun is the new big show. Samoa Joe is the best. Alexa Bliss doesn't work for me in this role. This show is too long. It's sad to see Angle Russell. Well, thank you for that poem. Rob from Mississauga, decent episode of Raw, as almost all of the matches seem to be in neutral for this week and next week until Mania. Joe losing the Angle was a little bit of a shock. Does this mean that Angle might actually beat Styles tomorrow on SmackDown? I threw out my theory of what happens. I think it ends up in a tag match. I don't think they're going to beat Angle or Styles. Yeah. Um, I don't think he beats. I think it's just um, a DQ or something. Question. I know it's a little off topic, but what did you guys think about the new Avengers suits that were revealed in the new Avengers trailer? I'm probably in the minority, but they gave me bad vibes of Raw and SmackDown geek shirts. <laughs> uh, he's referring to the new white suits. Have you seen them, John, in the new trailer? Uh, yes, I didn't have a strong opinion one way or the other. I didn't mind them either. I feel like at this point, it's just like, uh, you know who these personalities are, uh, and it's not, uh, I, I, I know what you mean, like, when you compare it to, like, Raw and SmackDown geek shirts, but I just don't get that same vibe at all, especially because, like, there are only so few Avengers remaining that you know who exactly every single one of them are. And I, I think it's a it's a storyline reason why they will have these new suits. And I would reserve judgment until we see that story to tell you what I think about the suits. <laughs> Brandon from New Jersey. My dearest King Kamayama Yaz. It's been a while, gentlemen. How are you? I've been missed. What's new? Anywho, way. <laughs> It is I, your loyal servant, Seaweed Sorbet, and I come bearing a raw report. It was like Ryerson's season lots of ebbs and flows dug the Samoa Joe angle match. I, I will say before you continue, Brandon timed his... You, you insulted him terribly when he called in on the Hangout a few weeks ago. You compared him to Seaweed. Seaweed ice cream, yeah. Seaweed you know ice what? cream. Listen, like, this, is, this feedback comes like at the tail end of our feedback. I think he timed it perfectly. Now I could sit back and enjoy my seaweed sorbet. Should have read this at the beginning of the show, seeing how you felt. I feel bad seeing Angle work. His neck looks like it's being held together by hopes, dreams, and gorilla glue. 
<laughs> I don't know what Gorilla Glue is. Uh, it's it's a competitor. Is it that? Yeah, super glue. I do know what it is. Gorbin still dressed like a banker at Bank of America, and the lunatic grinder Dean Ambrose auditioning for his run in CZW by losing yet another hardcore match. Meanderings. What do you think of all the guys and gals finally free from their Lucha undergrad contracts? John oh, is, that, is is that news? Um, I am not uh up to date on this huh. on the Lucha Underground okay. uh, status. I was uh. Unless that has happened uh, in the past few hours, I, I don't know actually. Okay, there, there's a lot going on with those Lucha Underground contracts. Um, what else does he go on to say here? Uh, John is Pettis back until he fights a grappler. Um, Pettis, I mean, I won't say he looked great on Saturday. I thought he lost the first round to Thompson, but his uh, the knockout was impressive, very impressive, and to do so to Stephen Thompson, I think, is an enormous. Enormous feat. That guy has never been knocked out in his kickboxing or MMA career. And I I think that Anthony Pettis, he is going to be outsized by certain welterweights, but I do feel this is a weight class that he should try and compete at. Um, he's kind of iffy on staying at welterweight because he does have teammates in Tyron Woodley and Ben Askren that compete at that weight class, so he could go back to lightweight. But I thought, I, I think any time that you can eliminate uh, more of the stress of that weight cut, I think that you can perform much better. And I think that Anthony Pettis could have a lot of great fights at welterweight. Um, yeah, just to follow up a bit on the Lucha Underground stuff, uh, Lucha Central, and this has also been uh, reported now by Mike Johnson and Ryan Satin. Okay, like, uh, yeah, read what's there. Sure, okay, I'm going to uh, read the... Uh... Lucha, the Lucha Central one's a bit longer, so I'm going to go with a Ryan Satin's report who says, The wrestlers who sued Lucha Underground have reportedly been granted releases after settling with their former employer. As you may recall, Baba G Productions and El Rey Network were hit with lawsuits involving El Gil, Del Fantasma, Texano Jr., Ivelisse, Joey Ryan, and Cobra Moon. The lawsuits claimed the wrestlers were being held to unfair contracts to, that make them lose money. The lawyer for all the wrestlers released the following statement to LuchaCentral.com. I'm honor, honored to say that we received... 100% of the relief that we were suing to obtain and four young talented wrestlers are no longer bound by an unfair contract that prohibits them from taking full advantage of their talents at the prime of their career. Fantasma will allegedly drop his separate lawsuit per the terms of the agreement. Texano apparently dropped his lawsuit prior to the agreement. He's not expected to depart AAA. An official statement has yet to be released by Lucha Underground. So uh, that was from, of course, ProWrestlingSheet.com as well, LuchaCentral.com. Well, that's great news for those individuals. I think ultimately, I, I don't think many are expecting any more Lucha Underground to be produced. I know I have uh, inquired about it and have not really gotten much of a response, but you know, I, I think the writing is on the wall for Lucha Underground. And what's been unfortunate is these performers that had signed these contracts and had been uh, tied to them. And you know, I, I think that hopefully this just opens up the floodgates and these talents are free to go elsewhere because this is a, this is a market for, for talent. And there's going to be a lot of requests for these performers that, you know, have been prohibited by these contracts. So, I mean, I think this is a positive step forward for those involved in that production. Yeah. Uh, and do we have any more here? Um, that's it for feedback. Oh man. And Brandon oh, is, uh, never mind. 13 days till New York City, fellas. Sunday afternoon, Broadway Comedy Club. I'm pointing at the way sign. I got some questions to ask you, bro. Oh, boy. 
Brandon. Maybe we'll even have him on stage. Oh, we might have to. At the end, from New Jersey. In New York. I can't wait. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Okay. Well, that's the end of Rewind to Raw. Way, welcome back. Well, thank you, John. Again, uh, I want to thank you and and everybody uh, who has contributed to to the incredible uh, release, like, schedule on looking at everything. And it's just like, wow. So thank you. Uh, I want to name everybody. Cody Safdick, thank you. Braden Davey, of course, as always. Uh, Ian Riccoboni joined you. Mike Murray on the RRH Review. Um, you know, uh, Nate Milton with the Rocky Maya via picture show, WH Park, Garrett Gonzalez, Brian Mann, uh, Eric Jackman, New York Rick, uh, Martin and Benno, um, Jamesy, Damian, Jamesy, also on that edition of the British Wrestling Experience, Damian Abraham, uh, and I'm if I'm forgetting anybody, I apologize, but thank you, everybody. Uh, it's I've had a great time, so thank you. Well. Uh, we will be back Tuesday night. We've got Rewind to SmackDown and hopefully a big interview uh, coming your way on the site. So check back for that. Uh, you can get the full schedule up at postwrestling.com. Uh, you can go sign up postwrestlingcafe.com and that will give you access to all of our bonus shows, including WrestleMania weekend when we are going to be doing tons and tons of extra shows. And that's going to wrap it up. Goodbye.